Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. My guest this week is Ryan Arruda, an e-commerce marketing manager for Monotype and Fonts.com. Ryan is a native Rhode Islander, now spending his time in Worcester, Mass., with his wife and beautiful daughter. We sit down and talk with him about his time at RISD, work, his favorite snack cakes, wearing a blazer to see the WWE, and much more right after this. Are you ready to explore your creativity and meet a ton of new friends while you're doing it? Join us April 6th through 9th in Columbus, Georgia for Creative South, where you come as friends and leave as family. Head over to creativesouth.com and get your tickets now for the greatest conference this side of the Mississippi. Plus, keep listening to the podcast for more exclusive news on CS17 speakers, events, and workshops coming soon. If you like the podcast and want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash creativesouth. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts, and you could even get your own podcast episode. So please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative South. probably have some sort of tangible effect on her yeah it does uh so <laughs> the the joke the joke is uh she was from from the day she came home from the hospital till probably the first two months of her life she was she was uh fed nothing but a diet of law and order special victims unit oh which well, that's it, not gonna scar a, her at all well i know being it being the frenzy of being a new parent you just you you find comfort in the simple things in life uh-huh. such as uh television reruns and so that's the joke that she was she was born and raised on on that uh, uh occasionally saw a little bit of wrestling but uh you know so far so good we figure we'll we'll introduce things like um you know sesame street or something you know a little more educational a little farther down the line we want to give her a good baseline to start well from. yeah i mean you got to start off with the law and order series mm-hmm. all of them you know, just that's right. Just go from the original to SVU to Criminal Intent to Law and Order Poughkeepsie. That was, yeah, well, I wish that that's one of the the the, the striking theorem the, uh, theory I developed was that uh, at any time after 11 p.m. at night, you have a 98 percent chance of finding some permutation of Law and Order on some cable channel. Oh it's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like it's it's great. So it's like it's it's always there and. No, it's 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 the uh, comfort food of television. Yeah, that and some sort of movie that has Michael Caine in it. There you, there you yep. go. Uh, one of the funniest things I I saw recently about Michael Caine was that uh, Michael Caine, if he were to say the phrase "my cocaine," mm-hmm. it would sound like he was saying his name, and I thought that's brilliant. Yep, that's brilliant. Yep. I saw that too. <laughs> the internet is a, the internet is a wonderful place. Yes, it is. All right. Cool. So if you are ready, we will kick it off. I'm, I'm, I got the theme song in my head. I'm ready. I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing the bass notes. It's great. I'm ready. Awesome. Ryan, thanks for joining me this morning. Oh, my pleasure, Jason. I, I hope uh, you won't regret having me on here. We're going we're gonna to spin some good tales and, and have a good time. <laughs> I, I think uh, the only way I'm going to regret it is if we go down the uh, wrestling route and I get completely lost and don't know what to talk about. But uh, Well, you know, if, for, for all the listeners. Oh, go no, ahead. I was going to say, but I'll let you educate me on it when we get there. <laughs> uh, listen, it's it's an education indeed, but uh, we'll we'll st- we'll stick to some design things and life stories first before going down that route. Cool. Well, so sticking with the life stories, uh, where'd you grow up? All right. Well, I grew up in the great state of Rhode Island. Uh, many people, you may have heard of it. It uh, tends to be overlooked once in a while, being the smallest state in the union. Mm-hmm. But uh, lifelong New Englander, uh, uh, born and raised in Rhode Island, grew up there, uh, stayed till I was, till I got married actually. So in my, in my mid twenties and, gotcha. and, uh, yeah, I had a great, uh, great childhood, great growing up. I, I feel a little guilty because I, I've listened to, to so many episodes of the podcast and, you know, people have some really riveting, uh, stories about growing up in tough times and making it through, uh, some real obstacles. But I, you know, I, 
I've been incredibly lucky. I had uh, loving parents. You know, I never, I never went without. So, you know, I was given all this opportunity and, you know, now being a new father, it's, it's something that you kind of, uh, you look back and you realize how lucky, you know, how lucky you were. And so, uh, this is for mom and dad. If you're listening out there, <laughs> thank you for a wonderful childhood. Um, but yeah, it just suburban, suburban living, uh, you know, figure if you're if you're no if you're not uh, if you don't have an Applebee's uh, bar and grill within ten minute drive of you, then you know you're not suburban enough. But so we <laughs> that—that's what we were like. You know, uh, uh, just a small suburban town in uh, uh, southern Rhode Island. Gotcha. So when you were growing up, were you a arty kid or? You know, I think I always wanted to be. Uh, I was always super jealous of classmates and, and people who could draw, uh, you know, whether it was uh, photorealistic stuff or cartoons or superheroes and uh, always desperately wanted to kind of emulate them, but was absolutely terrible at it. Uh, you know, me and my buddies would try to make our own comics. Sometimes my greatest uh, uh, addition to this was coming up with a character. I think his name was Squid Man. Nice. You know, we wanted to, we wanted to make sure uh, all underwater sea creatures were represented in in the superhero genre. Um, but yeah, and I, clearly, you know, close to thirty years later, somebody ripped you off with it uh, in the new SpongeBob movie. There'll be there'll be litigation. Yeah, there uh, should don't, be. Don't you worry. Nickelodeon's um, got a lot of money. You know, you know, I grew up on Nickelodeon. Now they're ripping me off. I feel a little disappointed. You should. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's um, I'm trying to think back to, as a kid. Like I always like I said, I always wanted to draw. I had, uh, you know, the, the Ed Emberley uh, uh, children's books that would kind of teach you how to draw, mm-hmm. you know, stick figures. And and that, you know, that was simple enough where, you know, a fool like me could actually, uh, you know, try to uh, make the best out of it. But sure. Um, but yeah, not, you know, I was always, I guess I was creative, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't have that uh, artistic bent that I that I desperately wished I, I had. <laughs> so you get through, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school and all. Um, where do you end up going off to college at? Uh, I actually ended up uh, where I live now in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. I went to uh, Clark University, which is a, a small school uh, right in the, in the, the center of Worcester. And... Um, it, it was kind of weird because I, I went in there, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to major in history. I'm a huge history, huge history nerd, uh, between elementary school and, and college. There was, there's a lot of nerdery, uh, development in there, whether it's, uh, you know, U.S. history nerd or being a Star Wars nerd. Sure. Uh, uh, just a, just a lot of, ge- a lot of geeky things going on. But, um, I eventually settled on, on film studies. I, I was really, uh, you know, kind of at this point interested in, you know, moving images and, mm-hmm. and cinema. And, um, I kind of realized, unfortunately, a little too late, I think into my maybe junior year or so that, you know, I had no interest of going to LA, no interest of going to New York again, looking out for those Applebee's being within, you know, a 10 minute drive. The safety um, of Applebee's. Yeah, you know the the safety of uh, uh, a mediocre suburban life, um, <laughs> and so I so I realized that you know filmmaking as you know unless I was going to do some like you know one man documentary series or something that it, you know it wasn't something that was you know I, feasibly I, I could find myself doing and and having a good time at it. So um, yeah, because Rhode Island my, is not exactly known as the film capital of the world. Yeah, you know, in all fairness, the last few years, actually the last decade or so, there's been there's been a couple of uh, uh, good uh, uh, films uh, that have been shot in in Rhode Island. I think uh, the Underdog movie was one, probably about seven or eight years ago. A clearly a uh, cartoon classic among among cinema. Jason Lee's then, finest work too. Well, you, you know, I, I I would say so. Um, and then I think Moonrise Kingdom, the um, uh, oh goodness, uh, Wes, what's his Wes uh, Anderson? Uh, Wes Anderson, yeah, he, uh, that was filmed in uh, coastal Rhode Island. So here and there, it's uh, for being a small state, it's got a, it's got some uh, films to its name. But in terms of actually, <laughs> you know, starting a big production and finding the connections you need, definitely not the place sure. uh, uh, to do that. So. Um, it was it was in that just about junior year that I uh, you know veered off to some of the studio art courses mm-hmm. um, and and got really involved in uh, photography uh, and later sort of digital imaging um, so getting my hands in into Photoshop um, and that's where I kind of felt I I found a groove I was like this is this is something I really enjoy it's something that you you know you can successfully uh, create 
uh, create work as as one person and have it kind of stand on its own. Yeah. Um, and I was really sort of enamored um, first by the, this this idea of like collage art and doing digital collage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff I kind of experimented with with my you know first my first uh, my first legit copy of Photoshop. You know, I was I was doing these montage images. I'm um, using historical source material, so that kind of tied into my love for history using. Uh, you know, daguerreotypes, um, using old, uh, old ephemera, mm-hmm. um, kind of, kind of digging through, uh, these antique shops to find this source material, um, fell in love with the library of Congress's, uh, online database of just, you know, hundreds of years of, uh, of advertising art and photography. Oh, yeah. And I, I would make these compositions and it was just, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And that was sort of the, that was sort of the, the beautiful part about it. And I, you know, I look back at it now and, and it was just such a raw, um, just a, a raw love of creating and just kind of all these images colliding together that, you know, being sort of naive and not having any idea what I was doing, you know, I was really sort of able to focus on on purely the joy of, of making images. And, sure. and that was that was really cool. And it's uh, looking back, it's kind of, you know, now that now that I know how to, you know, design things properly the right <laughs> the right way it's you know it's it's hard to go back and and capture that uh capture that energy and that uh you know that that innocence i guess of of creating so it's um you know it's something i'm always trying to get back to is is finding a way to uh really make stuff just for the sake of making cool so you get through college doing all this stuff what do you what do you end up doing right out of college Oh, I I made the greatest choice I could ever make, what which was to apply to grad school, uh, being totally underqualified, not knowing what in the hell I was doing, uh, basically because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I did the same thing. Uh, you know, I I figured, hey, what's better uh, than graduating college? I moved back home with my parents. God bless them; they didn't mind having me back in the house. Um, and the ladies love that when you're. Uh... It's true. Well, thankfully, I did meet my uh, back in in undergrad. I met my now wife, so she was able to stick stick through it. So she um she stayed in Worcester to get her her master's in in teaching, mm-hmm. um while I went home to you know sleep in my childhood bedroom and uh, you know watch a lot of daytime TV. Um, it, it was during this time that I I I, I was taking some classes at a local. Uh, a local university um, art classes sure. and just it you know looking back it was you know I was I was kind of aimless and it it was a little bit of a shame because you know I I should have had a lot more uh, effort and a and a lot more uh, uh, I guess get up and go to to find out what I wanted to do but I was I was coasting a little I bit. I know that feeling. It was it was scary but at the same time for you know being slightly like a bum um, it gave me a lot of time to to just sort of make make work. And again, not really knowing what I was doing, just knowing that I really enjoyed the process mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, of making and, uh, you know, very amateur design, designing going on. And, um, it was a good, you know, it was, it was time well spent, even though it probably wasn't the most socially acceptable thing to do. And I'm sure my parents were, you know, sick of me eating, you know, whatever Doritos were in the cabinet and, <laughs> you know, watching, watching whatever reruns of law and order were again on. Um, but then, you know, I made – I decided that uh, if making one uh, one mistake wasn't enough in terms of applying to grad school because when I had applied, I think I had applied to uh, various photography programs. Sure. Again, com- completely underqualified, not knowing what in the heck I was doing. Um, so then I decided – it was at this point that I realized that, you know, I don't – it's not just photography mm-hmm. I love. It's not just this collage uh, digital imaging stuff I love. It was more the sort of confluence and collision of those. And I thought graphic design really sort of fits that fits that heading because it also includes, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I have a I have a love for language and writing sure. um, as much as it as much as it's like, you know, sometimes feels like pulling teeth to to sit down and write. <laughs> um, yeah, I realized that. Yeah, I realized this idea of of finding a discipline where all three of these things could kind of exist um, uh, in in union with one with one another was kind of what I wanted to do, and so then I started you know you know experimenting with type for the first time, um, making terrible terrible typography choices, <laughs> and you know you know uh, this is how bad it. I'm was. Sure, that works uh, well for you your know, current job. 
<laughs> yes, you know, you know, we 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 liked you know using whatever terrible free fonts I could find. Um, Thefont.com. Hey, listen, there's some real, you know, if you're not getting a virus or other sorts of uh, malware with your with your uh, font download, you're you're doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> no, that's not. I have no, I have no, no, no idea if that actually happens. But um, so it was about that point that I decided, hey, what the heck? Let's try to apply to grad school again, and you know, figure what the heck. The worst that they can do is you know, kind of uh, reject me again. And um, so I ended up applying to a few places. Um, ended up uh, getting interviews uh, at. Uh, a local, uh, I think one of the, the UMass schools here in Massachusetts, sure. um, which was cool. Um, and then to, to, to my utter shock and disbelief, I got interviews, uh, at RISD and at Yale. And how do you manage again, that? This is a question I've, I've, I've held up for a very long time, having no idea how this happened. Did you like just, you know, somehow miraculously pull a Rain Man habit in, uh, I, when you were doing the GREs? Uh, who knows? I, I have no. I'm still. I'm wondering if maybe my parents slipped a couple people, you know, some some twenty dollar bills or something. I I don't know. But um, so I ended up, you know, going, uh, you know, interviewing there. And RISD was the the first one I interviewed at. And um, again, being being a Rhode Islander my entire life, um, there's there's an old joke about being a Rhode Islander that any any trip over a half an hour is considered like a big deal. It might as well be vacation or a journey. Like you need to come with your bags all packed. So mm -hmm. um, growing up in Southern Rhode Island, like, uh, you know, Providence was a, you know, it was, it was kind of far away despite being what, 20 miles North. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, living in Rhode Island my entire life, like I had such a uh, little experience with the city. And so I went up there for my interview Um and I just found it, it was an incredibly warm and welcoming uh, environment. Uh, the students were great. The faculty were just really engaged and really caring. And I kind of knew at that point that, you know, if I was going to do this, then um, that's that this is the place I wanted to be. And sure. at RISD, for, the, for their uh, MFA program in graphic design, they have um, two tracks. One is a, you know, your traditional two year program. And then another one is for, for, uh, folks more like me, I guess, where, uh, it's a three year program where the first year is they basically put you through design boot camp, right. Um, uh, to kind of get you up to speed. So it, it, it takes in people from different disciplines, you know, whether it's filmmaking or architecture or, you know, things that aren't necessarily purely graphic design, sure. but, um, just to kind of get you up to speed, um, and so at that point, I knew this is where I wanted to go. You know, a great facility, you know, great name recognition. Yeah. Have no idea why they would accept a fool like me. And um, but then just just to be a total uh, just to just to be a total uh, nerd and be able to tell people that, oh, well, I interviewed at Yale. Uh, I ended up going down to New Haven for the interview and I bombed it like 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 you can't even believe uh, just <laughs> I, I, I was so. Uh, so underqualified. And um, the funny thing was I had never given a presentation on showing my work before because, you know, I've never really worked a, uh, you know, a design or agency job or sure. anything. And so m my portfolio was uh, all these collages and other things. But um, being a fool, I decided I was going to print them out large format. So I come sauntering in with this, you know, this giant, like old fashioned portfolio under my arm and these, you know, I'm like looking at mine over here in the corner. <laughs> yeah, like six, like 16 by 20 prints and having no idea what in the heck I was doing. And the funniest part of the story that I can tell now is that, you know, Yale is, you know, it's, it's the, the designers designer school. Um, so all these huge names in graphic design. Um, I, I was interviewed, I think, by um, uh, Sheila de Bretville, mm -hmm. who was the the head of the the, the design program there. Uh, Scott Stoll, all these just these massive design names. But me being a fool, I had never heard of these people. Right. I was, you know, I was faking my way through it. So, uh, you know, I come up with this really crummy. Uh, poorly presented portfolio, and then I, you know, everyone sits down and, and introduces themselves, and I, I didn't mean to come off this way, but I was kind of like, so, uh, what do you do around here? <laughs> it was like it was it was as if you know you're going up to these design gods and just you know having no clue who they were. 
Um, so I embarrassed myself, asked lots of silly questions, pretended I knew uh, a darn thing about design. Um, but needless, needless to say, I did not get in, into Yale. But uh, at the same time, uh, I had already been accepted uh, to RISD at this point. Um, and so I, I was just going purely to be able to tell my friends, listen, this guy right here, underqualified, not knowing any idea what he was doing. He got to interview at Yale and hang hang around amongst the uh, the stone buildings and the college elites. But <laughs> yeah, so that was that was purely just that was just to have a good story. But, sure. So yeah, uh, at that point, uh, you know, ended up uh, starting at RISD the next fall, mm-hmm. and you know, it was it was it was great. You know, it was a great time and learned more than I could ever possibly have imagined. Um, one of the one of the things about that first year boot camp they have is you get to see the quality of the the, the undergraduate uh, education because uh, for those those classes with the third year uh, for the first year of the three year program you're paired with with undergraduate students. Sure, you're taking and they are foundation ju- courses to build you up. And but these 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 uh, underclassmen are just they're so phenomenally disciplined and. Uh, just running circles around, you know, definitely running circles around me, but, you know, giving uh, a lot of the other students runs a uh, run for their money because that first, uh, that first year of uh, freshman RISD undergrad, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're in drawing classes, you know, eight hours a day. And, you know, you're just, it, it's literally like a boot camp. Sure. You are just, you're put through the trenches. You are, you know, you're learning all sorts of uh, the basic uh, you know, skills of, of form making and mark making. And so to, 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 to be paired with those, uh, with those students was, was kind of a rude awakening being like, wow, I have a lot to learn. Yeah. Learn, learn, uh, learn technique before concept. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, and it was just, you know, I could barely, uh, operate, uh, an exacto knife without slicing my finger off. I still and, you can't. Know, these, <laughs> oh, it's they're, they're dangerous. They're dangerous tools. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, you know, I, d- I did the program for three years and just it was, again, still a, a extremely welcoming and warm environment. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the professors and instructors were, you know, they were they were as much your friend as they were, uh, you know, they were your teacher. Sure. Um, and, you know, just a, a super lucky to be able to get into that. Uh, get into that program um, still to this day. I'm hoping that someday they'll take me aside and be like, yeah, it was just a clerical error and we just didn't <laughs> error and we just didn't have the heart to tell you. Um, but so, but yeah. So, so when you're going, you know, thinking of going to grad school, especially for graphic design, most, most people who go to grad school for graphic design are looking to teach. Was that something yep. in your thought at the time? Not, not really. It should have been. Um, you know, I went in because uh, I was again this this in this overprivileged uh, situation where sure. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life or or didn't know what I wanted to do with this design. And you know, because I had gotten into uh, wanting to explore design so late in my undergraduate career, it was like I I didn't know what to do. Like, where do I where do I go to learn these skills? Mm-hmm. And um, even so, this was um, you know I I started that program in two thousand and seven, and um, you know I was I was one of the younger people in the program, so you know I was especially kind of I didn't have uh, a lot of of previous work to kind of uh, draw upon, and it's funny because I, while I wouldn't sacrifice the 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 opportunity I had, you know, looking back now, um, you know, being in a boatload of debt. <laughs> um, which is, oh, I'll be paying, I'll be paying this degree off until, you know, I'm in, in my seventies or something, or, or maybe I'll just pass it. Hopefully my kid will become super wealthy and will take pity on her uh, poor designer father. That, that's what I'm planning to do with my student loan debt is to pass it on to my children. There you, there you go. So they can pass there it on go. to their grandchildren. And- you know, kick it down the road a little bit, generation to generation. But looking back now in the, in the, the stuff that is available, um, even in, in, you know, less than a decade uh, since I started, you have things, uh, communities like Dribble. Um, you have your Skillshares, your uh, Creative Live. Um, sure. There's just the community and the opportunity to learn from fellow designers is so much greater than it was then. That you know, I would never want to dissuade anyone from 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 going to school if they have the opportunity and if they feel it's right for them. Mm-hmm. But now, like, there's I think there's some legitimate alternative paths that you can take and still get 
a, a really quality skill set um, and and really grow and thrive. And you know, uh, especially this is this is a this is a plug for all uh, a lot of the previous guests you've had on the on the podcast. But I'm in awe of of. Uh, a lot of the self-taught designers that that you've interviewed. Um, these are people who have uh, phenomenal, you know, phenomenal uh, portfolios. People who could design circles around me for sure. Um, and I just have I have so much respect for 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 people who are are able to sort of develop and 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 you know create a path for themselves on their own. Sure. So if the, if if I was in the situation again and I knew that you know, these resources existed. I, I don't know how things would shake out, but you know, I, I the, the, you know, I can't, I can't regret it at this point. I could just be grateful that I, you know, had the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And, um, but, but yeah, I think that it, it's nice to see that, uh, you know, the, the design community has sort of blossomed in, uh, you know, in that, uh, those intervening years. Yeah, and, definitely. and there's just a, um, you know, you'll have a lot of, a lot of, People, you know, whether it's uh, you know snarky designers or snarky typographer, or whatever, you know, will 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 lament. <laughs> Isn't that a requirement uh, you know, of a designer? Is snarky? Well, I I think it's some sort of some sort of prerequisite. Yeah. But um, but you know, you have people who will sometimes roll their eyes at more people getting involved in the field, and I love the you know that there's this uh, there's. It's more democratic now of people being able to get involved mm -hmm. in the visual arts. And sure, does that mean you have to wade through, um, you know, a, a handful more of fairly terrible amateur, you know, Behance portfolios or something? Yeah, of course. But the the idea that more people can participate, I think in that my is defense, a, that's. I really don't pay that much attention to my Behance portfolio. So this is, it, no, this is this was just an example. Yes. My if dribble portfolio is much better than my Behance because I always uh, don't want to put the effort into the Behance one. Wherever you want to go, whether you can be on Dribble, which I am obsessed with Dribble, mm -hmm. uh, uh, your Behance. Uh, if you if you're not starting out on Deviant Art, you know you're not a real designer. I had so a Deviant Art account for a while. Listen, we need to see some sort of dark and gothic uh, uh, photo montage that you've put together as a, as a first pass. That you know, yeah, we we accept. I got it, out of Deviant Art when it started being very emo and then if you went to look at photography it was borderline porn yeah yeah so like, you know oh it's i one, want a landscape the, why that's not a landscape <laughs> oh it's it well it, it uh, no we're not we're not gonna go there um <laughs> but uh but this idea you know i love the idea of more people having the ability to participate and i will gladly take you know uh the aforementioned terrible portfolios um over there being a pretentiousness or an exclusivity to design. I like the so, people who combine both. <laughs> you know, we want to oh, listen. There's a, there's a there's lot of a, them. I've, I've been, I was telling myself I was going to stay away from, from this podcast uh, interview being a public service <laughs> announcement, but oh, please. Uh, from this, from this day forth, uh, when I uh, either run for uh, some sort of local office or the presidency, when I'm eligible in, in, in a few years now, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to ban all sorts of jargon, uh, design snarkiness. Uh, I'm going to run on a platform of uh, you can't complain about kerning in public. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're just we're going to we're going to we're going to break down these barriers. Of, now, are uh, there exceptions to this rule? Because I have seen some really really bad ones where it really hurts. I, I, well, yeah, I I th I I think it's the um, one of the things that that I've I've come you know part of, maybe it's part of growing up, but. Um, you know, I would be, of course, with, like many other designers would be the person, you know, laughing at the, you know, the local eateries menu for having terrible letter spacing or using, you know, prime marks instead of uh, uh, proper quotes. And at a certain point, you just kind of realize and you're like, what? Who cares? Oh, I'm not that bad. It's, it's the ones where it's like a big billboard and they've turned oh, sure, things so sure. badly that it makes a whole new word that uh, that's true. I don't want that's my children true. to know yet. Well, well, yeah, we're going to, we, you know, we got to think of the children here. Yeah. Um, but actually, this is kind of a, a, a point that um, for for everything that my RISD education gave me, um, you know, it, you know, I, I still the people who were who I graduated with were still still running circles around me. But I had I had I had come up in my skill set, too. Sure. But um, one of the things that I'm thankful for is that I was exposed to certain avenues of graphic design um that i i realized just 
probably weren't for me. And and it's it's a hard place to to say this because you don't want to come off as anti-intellectual or as, you know, appealing to the, you know, the dumbest common denominator, but there is a very esoteric, academic, uh, overly complicated uh, air to certain uh, design disciplines or design discourse. And I realized sure. it was just I, – I, I don't want to say it's invalid or it doesn't have its place, but it wasn't something I was necessarily interested in. It was, you know, this idea of, of design being something that takes itself so seriously that it has to take on almost like a, like a moral imperative. It was just, there's to me, there's so many other things in the world to fuss about than, you know, certain tenets of graphic design. Yeah. It it was, it just kind of a turn, it's turned me off. And, you know, I was among, I was lucky to be among, you know, these leading, you know, design thinkers and, and, and people who really have a play in, you know, uh, you know, shaping, shaping design discourse. But at a certain point, it just becomes, you know, I don't know, it just, it wasn't for me. And, you know, then there's, you know, certain areas of design where it's all kind of like, everything's either has a certain irony to it, or it's kind of like, a, you know, it, it, it becomes, uh, it has sort of a superiority complex. And, you know, that's just, it's not something that I'm into. And that's, you know, perfectly, uh, that's really a reason why I gravitate um, towards things like the Dribble community for sure. sure. It's just, it feels much more down to earth without being, uh, you know, again, without being dumb or, you know, without, uh, you know, excluding uh, intellect- intellectual assets of graphic design purely to exclude them. But it's um, it's a little more functional. It's a little more practical or pragmatic yeah. and um you know, compare, especially with, uh, so with Creative South, one of the things I loved so much about that conference um, was compared to some of the other uh, design conferences I've been to, it, it was much more personable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's, I, I try to think about it this way, like for, for all of the, the things that designers will, will nitpick about, can you imagine if there was like another uh, industry that did the same thing? Like I'm, I'm trying to imagine like some sort of like uh, accounting conference where someone's <laughs> nitpicking nitpicking about some certain function in Excel that you know all the other accountants aren't using correctly. You, like you, at a you know point, that one's like, out there. <laughs> yeah, like uh, or or like uh, you know some sort of like uh, plumbers conference or something where they're you know uh, beating up on on uh, you know certain designers for not using the right gauge of of wrench in their work. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like you you think you think about all these little facets of things to gripe about, and it's just. Guys, give it, I just, give it a rest. I just rest. picture like, a plumber's conference as a bunch of guys, you know, stereotypical pants hanging down so their butt cracks showing and thick jersey accents talking about um, the P-trap and how, yeah. you know. Listen, for every – one of the things I have certainly found, I am the worst uh, – probably one of the worst uh, – uh, representatives of design in terms of fashion, because whereas plumbers may have their, you know, their nice pair of dungarees, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, try to get me into a pair of uh, designer skinny jeans. It's not going to be a pretty sight. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm all about uh, comfort. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, we, I, I have my, my uniform is a button down shirt and a nice pair of, uh, a uh, nice pair of uh, denim jeans, nothing fancy. We're talking about your target brands, <laughs> uh, old, old Navy, if we're feeling like splurging hey, a little me. bit, but um, but it's interesting that you kind of you kind of see how each sort of industry has its own you know own clicks and own own fashion yeah. and at a certain point like I don't want to look like a stereotypical designer. So a lumberjack. I just, <laughs> yes. Well. Well. No. So if I uh, punk, I'm gonna get punk, into punk rock here. lumberjack. Let me rephrase. Good. We're gonna get into some trouble here because uh, that's another problem uh, with the whole. Uh, false or, or phony authentic movement uh, going on where you're, you know, <laughs> you're, you're in your $500 artisan made uh, 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 button down shirt, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're appealing to, to some sort of like, uh, I don't know, some, some throwback, like 1890s work, work uh, ethic or something. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a whole mess. Not for me. It's not for me, but to, to people out there, to all the fine people listening to this and who probably now hate me, I'm sorry. Do whatever you do. Uh, if, if you love it and it doesn't hurt anyone, go for it. You got my support. I do laugh as we're both wearing thick rim glasses, though. So 
<laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it can only go so f- can only go so far yeah. of of trying to to to, to get out of the the stereotype. Yep. So, but. so you get out of grad school. What do you start doing then? I get out of grad school. Uh, I actually I started working um, uh, in the Worcester area for for a local uh, stationery company for uh, for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, designing, you know, designing invitations, designing uh, sort of the, the their catalogs, stuff like sure. that. And um, it was kind of at that point, you know, after doing that for a while, I realized that, you know, I kind of wanted to to see what else was out mm-hmm. there. And that's about the time when I, uh, you know, started putting resumes out there, and eventually ended up where I am now, uh, working uh, working at the with the fine folks at uh, fonts dot com and uh, and Monotype. Gotcha. So. Because we we talked about this of being careful of what you say, so your boss doesn't <laughs> fire you. Um, so, what exactly is it that you do at Monotype? Sure. I, so, I focus mostly mostly on the fonts.com team. Um, I am. Oh, my title. My title is something. Uh, I think now I'm officially a, a e-commerce marketing manager. Which, okay, that works for me. Um, <laughs> But basically what I do is I, I sort of wrangle uh, various content and promotions for the site sure. um, as well as uh, working on the aesthetic and the visuals of the site. So, um, you know, half my time is, is spent uh, putting putting together or uh, direct, art directing uh, newsletter campaigns for, for various typeface releases. Um, another portion of is working with type foundries on certain uh, 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 promotions that we can work together on to get their type out there and, and get it, uh, you know, to a wider audience. And then my personal favorite, uh, is, is a big portion of what I do is, is designer outreach and sort of, uh, 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 commissioning and art directing, um, designers to make these big, uh, illustrative typographic banners, uh, for our homepage, nice. um, which we, we, you know, hero images. And that's, that has been so fulfilling because um, just being able to, to to interact with such a wide swath of of designers, um, I you know I think I've worked with almost two hundred now over the last four years, and it's just been a super positive experience mm-hmm. um, because people are, are are happy to help. Um, you know, we kind of give them free reign in terms of, of what they what they can design. Sure. Um, so for these hero images specifically, what we do is we, we we give folks a selection of type families to choose from. And then we're like, which whichever one you want to go with, um, you know, use it, make an image that kind of celebrates this this typeface. And but other than that, there's not really any restrictions. So have fun. You know, my 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 go to boilerplate is as long as you're not, uh, you know, you know, doing any heavy cursing, you're not uh, advocate advocating for the the downfall of fonts.com and as long as you're not trying <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be as long good. As you're not, yeah as long as you're not trying to incite any sort of uh zombie apocalypse your image will probably be okay with us um and and really this i i can't give uh, enough plugs to dribble uh, uh for that because uh through through my position at fonts.com we've actually had the opportunity uh to work with dribble uh uh on a, on a bunch of different projects because they're actually our, our neighbors to the north. Um, their their offices are just about 20 minutes away from from ours. And so really? we've been able to work with, you know, uh, Dan and Rich and, you know, partner on certain events uh, in the community. And but for my for my own, uh, you know, work in terms of uh, finding designers to work with, you know, a huge percentage comes from from Dribble because it's just there's, um you know, first off, it's it's a great. So, you know, great collection of, of, of design work you can find, but also the, just the people are, are for the most part, easygoing, uh, more than happy and excited to, to, to participate. And, um, so I've actually built a lot of, you know, a lot of good, uh, relationships and friendships through, through this, uh, hero image, uh, program that we work sure. on. And it was, it was funny when I, when I came to, to creative South uh, a few months ago, it was, it was kind of like the internet coming to life for me <laughs> because I got to find, I got to finally meet all of these people that I had only known virtually. And it was, you know, it was kind of funny that, you know, I think I probably met about two dozen people that, you know, I've worked with before mm-hmm. and, you know, didn't have any idea I would, I would see them there. Right. Um, and so that's, that's been really cool. And um, now it's gotten to the point where, you know the 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 program because we archive all of these 
uh, images on on fonts.com in in our hero image archive mm-hmm. and it it's gotten to the point where now people will approach us being like hey i I'd, I'd love to contribute so that's kind of a, i'm just going to tell you, know, you i'm putting my hand up right now i would love to listen, uh, contribute listen listen you're 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 in you get all the fame and glory uh of of participating in 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 the the thing we'll put you in the archive so um, that just leads but, to another question that my mom's going to ask sure. me of what do you do of <laughs> uh, I still, my parents still have no idea what I did. They say, "Oh, he works with he works with fonts or something," and and then the inevitable quite, uh, response is, "Oh, people buy fonts," and mm-hmm. you're like, "Yes, people people buy them and design them," and it's a you know a very lucrative industry we're getting into here. But um, but yeah, so that's that's where I've been hanging out for for the last uh, four and a half years now, and it's um, no, it's been great because um, you know you, I've been especially with again going back to this hero image thing. Um, you know, I, I look to commission the, you know, the big names as well as, you know, your up and comers. Like I want to give a a fair shake to everyone. So, um, it's also great. This is fantastic. And, and something I, I like to say is that there's no better way to make, you know, make, make a friend in the design world than, you know, throwing someone else's money at them. So I've been, (laughs) I've been, I've been lucky to reach out like, uh, who have I worked, uh, the heads of state, uh, super talented mm-hmm. uh, guys out of Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yep. Um, uh, other real big names. Uh, Aaron Draplin, mm-hmm. who is you now listen. I get a bad rap for being a bit obsessed with Mister Draplin around around these parts, but uh, I got to work with him uh, twice now in Hero Images, um, and then it also has led to some other cool promotions. So um, I've worked with uh, both. Uh, uh, Brave the Woods, Brad Woodard, yeah. um, and Adam Grayson, who was recently a, a guest on the on the podcast mm-hmm. here. Um, because one of the other cool things that we do uh, for Fonts.com is we we since I've been there, we've invented this giant um, this giant huge uh, one week extravaganza called Fontacular. And this is you know you're you're, you're <laughs> I, see I get grief from my boss. This is he's going to hear this because. You know, I kind of developed everything and, and didn't have a name for it. And I, I was a little hesitant about uh, Fontacular, which he suggested, but um, it's it it's it has stuck and it's it's it, it sounds good. And it, it sort of encapsulates the craziness that this. Yeah, is. It, it's because, funny and quirky enough and that I, I enjoy it. So. So, you know, normally, you know, monotype, you're a corporate, you're a corporate environment. Um, but Fontacular we, is, is kind of when we loosen our ties a little bit. The way I describe it is imagine the ty- typographic equivalent of the Super Bowl meets Mardi Gras meets WrestleMania. <laughs> That's sort of the – this. It, we want it to be a celebration of type. Um, we get to be wild and crazy. Do Just be silly. Get to be – you know, write dumb copy and it's – and people have really taken to it. And this was sort of just an off-the-cuff thing we started three years ago sure. and – and it and it blew up and it was it, you know it was it was became wildly successful and so um each year it's sort of gotten bigger and bigger but the cool thing about it is um we made sure to to really uh make sure we were working with you know some some great designers to do all the collateral um so we have you know besides having you know a, a handful of newsletters mm-hmm. you know a special section on the website um we also do a lot of partnering with uh, local, uh, sorry, uh, design community vendors. So we've worked with, we've been lucky to work with Mama's Sauce, mm-hmm. um, Field Notes, Tatley, um, Scout Books, uh, just a, a lot of play, uh, Oxford Pennant, uh, a lot of players um, who really, you know, sort of are tapped into the to the design community and, sure. and offer really good, uh, really good wares. And so we've been we've been super lucky because uh, the first two years, uh, so the first year, uh, Brad and, and Brave the Woods uh, designed the entire campaign, mm. and he was originally a hero designer for us. Um, the next year, we had Adam uh, Adam Grayson, and he again was first a hero uh, hero designer. And then uh, this past fall, we um, we reached out to uh, the Emmerich office. Oh yeah, uh, and and Josh was super. I mean, just delivered a, a killer campaign. Mm. Um, and we were just we we're just so lucky to be able to work with with these phenomenal people, um, and so that's kind of been you know the most fun the, the most fun part of my job is being able to interact and you know develop these things with with people who can design frankly design circles around around me and it's you know I've never been so grateful for that. Sure. Um, 
So it's it's just been a great great way to see you know fonts.com and you know monotype alike kind of tap into tap into uh, the design community and uh, you know really just just be you know have fun and and you know uh, have a good time and you know create some some awesome giveaways and posters and you know just kind of kind of again loosen the tie and and have fun a bit yeah that's neat so you know in addition to working at monotype i you know you've got your freelance business that's midnight umbrella is that right oh midnight umbrella see you're very generous calling it a freelance business it's more like the uh the the moniker and pseudonym of of uh that i give myself um, <laughs> but yeah that's that's kind of that's that that site's been you know been been up for about a decade now and in in various uh incarnations but yeah, it's kind of more – not so much a portfolio as a – just a repository of all the garbage that I end up designing in my off time. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, that's 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 where it's at, Midnight Umbrella. So where does that name come from? Oh, I knew, I knew you were going to ask. Everyone wants to know. And so normally I should have some sort of like very – uh, esoteric, uh, you know, design thinking, uh, uh, you know, historical significant, uh, thing for that name. But the truth is, and I'm not lying and people are going to laugh and I accept it. Uh, midnight, uh, umbrella, the first time I ever told, uh, the lovely lady who is now my wife that I ever loved her was at midnight under an umbrella. Aww. Isn't that touching? It's lovely. Everyone, you know, take this moment uh, for all the listeners out there to uh, uh, take care of uh, throwing up in their mouth a little bit. Um, but See, it's, it's now you had to go ruin it and you can't share that part with your wife. <laughs> no, no, it's so that's that's where the name comes. And it sounds vaguely designy enough that it kind of sticks. Yeah. But uh, that that is the honest to goodness, true story of where the name came from. And uh, yeah, so so Midnight Umbrella is uh that's that's where you'll find me, uh, you know, uh, you know, polluting the internet with uh, various uh, design fodder. <laughs> uh, so you know, it, recently I've I've become very technologically adept here. Uh, you may have heard of this platform. I think it's called Instagram. Uh, it's it's very up and coming. Uh, you might be familiar, familiar with it. I recently recently got myself uh, got myself on that, and that's kind of been the. You know, you know, up- updating a website is is too much effort these days. But uh, <laughs> uh, post posting photos of of various stuff is uh, I'm not even good you know, at that part. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of go in spurts, but uh, that's that's really where uh, a lot of the stuff is happening. But I'm I'm putting the word out right now. We are, uh, and by we I mean me. Uh, I sidebar here. I got a lot of grief from uh, friends and coworkers because uh, the first incarnation of Midnight Umbrella featured like a lot of we references like, oh, we are out here designing, you know, what and what. And we've had the opportunity to do this. And it's really just me. And so uh, I've, I've, I've cut that you, out to be to be a little more realistic. Here. You should try um, posting stuff on behalf of a podcast that's part of a conference and then posting that exact same thing on your own personal f- page. And it gets really confusing when you're supposed to use we or I. Well, I, t- I take it. Well, you know, I've, I've heard the production quality of, of the podcast. So I'm guessing you have a team of about uh, a dozen to two dozen people working behind the scenes, uh, you know, editing and and really polishing things. Oh, up. God, I wish because it's it's a it's a fine it's a fine it's a fine production. No, it's me till three o'clock uh, Monday mornings uh, or well, really Tuesday morning, I guess, at that point, um, scrambling to get everything together because I procrastinated way too long and I've got an episode that needs to go up in the next two hours. <laughs> you know, listen, I, we'll, I, I will say thank you on behalf of all the people who are able to listen, especially commuters like myself who uh, need uh, some good audio to listen to. So, Jason, thank you. This is uh, <laughs> you're, you're a true hero of, of the design uh, design community. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. So, you know, when uh, you know, so when I first noticed you, it was you put up something about if I ever get the chance to be on the creative South podcast, we're going to talk about, um, snacks and, uh, pro wrestling. That's right. That's right. So I've been waiting for this transition to come in because we're going to get to the real meat of the meat of the, yeah, I I was trying to find a good informative way to segue into it. I'm just going to jump in head first. First off, let's let's start off with your top five snacks. Top five. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, uh, as of today, uh, my new uh, my new jam is uh, sweet potato chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Now, sadly, uh, the, the fine people of this uh, 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 listening out there won't won't understand that, uh, you know, I, especially after having a kid and uh, now, you know, gravitating uh, even more so towards the terrible uh, culinary choices. We're, we're working to turn things around here and shed, shed some pounds for, for both, uh, you know, health and health and safety of all involved. I've been working but, on it um, for uh, a little over seven years, so I, I understand yeah, that feeling. Yeah, it's not... It's not easy. So, so the real, uh, the, the real, uh, obstacles to that are, uh, you know, your sweet potato chips are my new favorite. Uh, any, any brand of Little Debbie snack cake <laughs> might as well get, might as well get all of your saturated fat for the day. Wait, in you're one, in the New in England one, area. One, you're not going for tasty cakes? You know, I, I, is that bad? I don't think I've ever had tasty cakes. This is, I can't tell the difference. Am I bringing, I am, not, uh, am I bringing dishonor? I don't think so. I, you know, I've got a couple friends. I got a friend who, grew up in Maine and um, another friend who grew up um, in the Jersey area and they swear by them and you can get them down here now. I can't right, tell well, enough to- of a difference where it really, I, where I have a preference. Listen, I don't mean to be rude. We're going to have to wrap this up because I got to go hit the supermarket now that I have this knowledge. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to have to no, but that, Do so the yeah, the, uh, yeah, the snack cakes. Oh, good. I was on a big checks mix binge for a while, like real disgusting things. So now that I've, I've, I put this out publicly, uh, feel free for anyone to uh, shame me into eating vegetables and other sorts of, uh, you know, fibrous foods. Cause that's probably what's best, uh, you know, uh, for, for, for health and, and wellness. Uh, I'll, so we're, I'll we're put it out there that, as well. Feel free to do the same right. to me. Yes. Cause I need but it. Yeah, so that's, you know, it's, it's a tough battle, yeah. but, uh, that's, uh, so of course, uh, I, I wrote in uh, over Twitter just being a fool <laughs> because that's what I, you have to understand that I segment my social media. So, you know, Facebook, that's for, you know, friends and family, uh-huh. you know, I do pic- the same thing that tons of pictures of the kid. Uh, although here's the caveat. We have made it an effort because so many parents out there are posting, you know, the sweetest little pictures of their kids. Uh, but I make sure to get, you know, the crying shots, the like, she's making a really ugly face, you know, making sure we we balance that out with, you know, the, the really nice, uh, traditional uh, happy baby photos. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, then you have your Instagram, which mostly is artful pretensions or me pretending to be designy. But then Twitter is the is the sweet spot because that's mostly asinine replies and butting into conversations where I haven't been invited and just I do the same you know, thing. being a ge- being a general menace to society. But uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's if, if you follow me, if you if you happen to follow me on Twitter, then you will see a lot of stupid comments, just a lot of a lot of dumb observations. And so just uh, you've been warned, hey, so my, don't, my don't Twitter feed personally. is pretty much full of uh, snarky um somewhat sarcastic um interjections on like you said on into conversations i haven't been invited the, into there you go it's a beautiful thing i found i'm funniest thing. on twitter when i reply to other people's stuff instead of when i come up with my own things yeah you know it, it it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. and it's a little more you get a little more bang for your buck but uh but yeah so i i can't remember what my list was but i think uh you know pro wrestling was on mm-hmm. there i think um snack cakes so you know we're keeping it to the hard-hitting journalist journalistic uh topics here here that that, uh, concerns the design community sure so that helped me understand pro wrestling because i loved pro wrestling when i was a kid but about 30 years ago i gave it up and just have not been able to get into it since then i mean i remember wrestlemania 3 so you're a grown adult that's why uh so here's the thing and again this is going to sound sappy but you know, after the kid came along, I shouldn't say the kid, after our delightful child was, was born into the world, um, I realized, like, I found an intense comfort in sort of the simple things of li- in life. And one of those things was, you know, falling back to these, these childhood habits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a kid, I loved pro wrestling. Um, the worst part about it was me thinking that I was, uh, you know, by emulating the speech patterns of these wrestlers and their mannerisms, that somehow I wouldn't be the chubby suburban uh, kid that I was, that <laughs> maybe I would actually be a tough guy. But um, so it, it was funny. I, I found no, that. No, because if um, you use that language in real life, you just look crazy. That's true. That's true. I, I can't carry a steel chair around me uh, threatening to hit people at all times. But I mean, do you really um, think Randy Macho Man Savage was a well-adjusted human being in the real world? Uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me. God rest his soul. Let's have some respect. Fair enough. Let's have some God respect. rest his soul. 
Uh, listen, I don't know if it was the Slim Jims that did him in or what, but uh, that'll give you um, a heart attack and a heartbeat. That could true. also be the mountain of cocaine that he did for thirty years. I allegedly, I, I will not. I will not sully the. I will not sully the name of uh, this iconic member of sports entertainment. But <laughs> uh, what I found was that you know, uh, you know, probably a year, year and a half ago, uh, I found myself watching watching wrestling for the first time in you know fifteen years. I hadn't I hadn't watched it since I had started high school. And what was funny is that a lot of my other buddies also started picking it up again. And it was like something was in the ether that we were all looking for some vestige of our. Uh, child to, to kind of find comfort in now that we were in the real world as an adult. Sure. Um, so that's kind of that. I figure I have very aside from snack cakes, I have very few uh, uh, vices in the world. So pro wrestling is my current vice. Uh, my wife thinks I'm a fool, but she she decided she's not going to divorce me because of it. Which that's that's very that's a plus. Um, but what's interesting is so I went probably about a year and a half ago to my first. Uh, live event in 15 years and you know because growing up as a kid i would always i would always go to them uh, when the tours came 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 around uh -huh. and it just so happened that the episode that uh my my buddy and i went to was was being taped for for uh airing on television and so i said the heck i'm not going to make a sign because you know part of the wrestling experience is making uh poorly made uh, you know, uh, poster board signs with various, you know, asinine sayings on them. But uh, I decided, you know, as a designer, I was going to do what's right. And I was going to make a beautifully typeset wrestling sign. So if you were watching carefully, whatever episode of Smackdown it was, uh, you know, some Thursday night in the crowd, you would see uh, both a beautifully pink and beautifully green piece of poster board with uh, stupid sayings that were gloriously typeset in uh, both Noya Haas grotesque bold Ooh, uh, as well specific. as Futura bold. Listen, we you know I needed them to stand out, and sure enough, sure enough, I got on TV and it was fantastic. It was I just you know I was I was bringing the design community to a whole nother you know to a whole nother uh, uh, group of folks. And what I find very interesting, and and maybe this is something that uh, the design community can take away from, <laughs> is that when when you go to one of these events, it is it is a true melding and melting pot of of American society. You have all ages, all races, all genders. Uh, all people on different, you know, sides of the political aisle coming together in one place to enjoy something. Now, listen, wrestling is silly and has lots of other, you know, societal commentary you can you can you can put in there. But the idea that people from all walks of life come together to watch people pretend to beat the hell out of each other, I think that's beautiful. Now, so here's and, my question though: Were you the only guy there that had a shirt on that had buttons or sleeves? Funny you should bring that up. So my buddy who I went with was smart enough to wear one of the, you know, the the the, the wrestling T-shirts sure. uh, from his for his favorite uh, fa favorite uh, uh, superstar. Did it say John three sixteen on it? Uh, no, I think it, I can't remember. Who it <laughs> I'm was, just gonna was, make uh, all the jokes that I know about wrestling. No, it's <laughs> and so I decided. I looked around and again this this very egalitarian uh, 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 union of people from all walks of life, and I look around. And I realize I am the only fool here wearing a sport coat. I'm surprised and they didn't take it from you at the door just for uh, security reasons. Or, for or your own, for, for your own general safety, not yeah, for, for looking for looking too pretentious. Yeah. But you know, because I I don't know, I, maybe I would had come from work or something. But I looked around. But you know, maybe as a testament to uh, you know the, the 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 great melding of cultures here, no one bothered me. I was made to feel included, and uh, and yeah, so I I I got on TV I told my parents you have to watch this your your only son is on television uh, making a fool out of himself with a beautifully typeset sign no less <laughs> oh they were um, so proud and and, <laughs> and and oh and just you wait here's the good news I'm putting the word out for all of our friends in the audience uh I believe it's on July 19th I am going to another live event here in Worcester Massachusetts and it is my goal to get on television. So I'm taking suggestions uh, for what my sign should say. Write me, tweet at me. Uh, maybe we could, uh, you know, we could make this into a thing. We're going to get on television, the the USA Network for for uh, you know all however many millions of viewers to to get a piece of graphic design here at the uh, you know the SmackDown uh, 
uh, television program. I just want to see you get a couple drinks in you at that point and see the full Rhode Island slash um, Massachusetts accent come out. <laughs> see, I well, there's two problems here. One, I don't drink. What you know, I I just. I have the palate of a three-year-old, so, uh, you know, um, but also I've you been get a blessed because they yeah, there's some, something, something classy and refined. Um, Extra whipped cream. But, yeah, oh, that'd be, um, but I, uh, I, I was blessed to not be stricken with uh, certain Rhode Island accents because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about my native land, but some of the accents are. A bit atrocious, you know. Boston accent has its own character, but Rhode Island has a certain shrillness to it that uh, cannot be avoided. So we're, you know, I'm trying to avoid I think, that. I but think Maine by far is the most interesting one. That one's yeah. That one's a little more. It's it's a little more peculiar, and 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 it has a friendliness to it at least. Well, it depends. I mean, you but, get far up north in there, and it starts sounding like a different language. You know, and I won't. I have a reputation around my office of being – of doing terrible impressions. I think they're wonderful but I get endless grief about them. So I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I'm not going to throw myself to the sharks uh, <laughs> quite yet. But, you know, I'm going to refrain from doing any impressions. But uh, uh, yeah, no – I mean maybe maybe some people can hear it. But I, I don't think I have the uh, the, the stereotypical uh, Rhode Island accent. But it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, yours you is a lot closer finally. to uh, neutral than – yeah. A lot of New Englanders. So yeah, I I am blessed with the fact that I have moved around so many times that I just have a region neutral accent. It is just yeah. kind of all melded. And now I'll I'll tell you, going to going to Creative South was the first time I had ever been, you know, to the South, mm -hmm. and it was it was lovely to hear people with with such friendly accents. It was it was very nice. I felt so. Uh, I am terrified in terms of in terms of things I'm afraid of. And there's a big list of things I'm afraid of uh, up there. Uh, just underneath uh, the fear of tornadoes is uh, the fear of flying. So you best believe I loaded up uh, the Subaru Outback and I drove from Massachusetts all the way down to to, to Columbus. And it was just I'm I'm very jealous because as much as I love New England, uh, just beautiful down. It's beautiful. The the drive was beautiful and. Uh, you know the people were stereotypically friendly. It was it was just a great time, and I felt a little guilty because I I had stopped at you know McDonald's or something for you know for hotcakes to, to you know so I could keep on driving. And I realized that after I had placed my order, I was the only person in line who didn't who you know I said thank you, but I didn't say thank you, ma'am. And I was like, have I done something? Like, is this? I, I still don't. I do don't it. want to offend people. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't. No, we're we're kind of a, a gruff bunch up here in New England. I, you but, know, uh, I, I'm still not um, nothing against people saying "sir," "ma'am." I just, yeah, I don't, I don't do it. I wouldn't raise that yeah. way, not in a disrespectful way, just in a, it's, yeah, it's not a common part of the vernacular. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I, I, you know, as much as I am born and bred New Englander, it was nice to it was nice to see another part of the country. And uh, fingers crossed, we'll come back next year. We'll see, but. Uh, it was it was really a great time and uh you know what what a great event so so ma major uh major appreciation to to all the fine folks uh, at creative south cool so we're getting close to our time here um you know kind of going back hopefully we will see you at uh, creative south next year um is i hope no go yeah okay. go ahead i was going to say um no. is there anything on the horizon for you that you want to share with us Anything on the horizon? I think really this uh, we're overhauling. We're overhauling uh, midnightumbrella.com. It's my goal uh, to hopefully uh, you know have a, a, a website that is actually responsive and uh, you know looks a bit respectable. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> I, I need to do the same. <laughs> you know, it's, it's code is like kryptonite to me. So this is you know we're we're uh, we're, we're trying our best. So there's but, this place uh, called Squarespace, and you better believe that I am a proud Squarespace member. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're saving me and um, I'm hoping I, this has been a dream for a long time. Uh, I've, I've wanted to put up uh, various uh, graphic design uh, uh, frivolities up for sale. So we're going to open up a, a, a midnight umbrella shop where you can, uh, you know, peruse all sorts of illustrations, collage work, uh, you know, whatever. Support your, daughter going, your daughter going to college. 
Yeah. So listen, all those people, people who are listening, you're not supporting me. You're supporting uh, my my patronage of uh, various Applebee's, uh, uh, Little Debbie snack cakes, and maybe a few cents will go to the future uh, college education of my daughter. So keep that in mind. You know, you're not enriching me. You're enriching uh, surrounding communities and, and local businesses. And if you have another kid at some point, they might get a little bit of trickle down there. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, they're the one second child. Here. So obviously they're, one, one they're just a, a backup. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, you know, one. Listen, we got two cats and one kid, and that is, we're we're as soon as we master that, we'll 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 talk about more. But well, until you're, then, you're we're, screwed. Then, <laughs> uh, we're just I, oh, I got look. Of, I got seven year old twins, and uh, there's no mastering it. There's only oh. hoping to contain every once in a while. I figured, you know, I only have what. 17 and a half more years to go before I'm, you know, you don't have to take care of her. So, no, that's a terrible thing to say. No, I love her with all my heart. She's a delightful baby. She's funny. She's sassy. She's going to, again, hopefully uh, grow up, uh, you know, not uh, being constrained by the trappings of graphic design and typography. But, uh, you know, she'll she'll be a, a well-adjusted human being eventually. <laughs> cool. So where can people find you on our line wrapping up? <laughs> oh, good goodness gracious. MidnightUmbrella.com. That's the website. Uh, Midnight Umbrella uh, is also the, the same for Instagram and Dribbble. Um, and then because the, the kind folks at Twitter uh, have character limits, uh, I'm Midnight Umbrella uh, on there as well. But instead of N-I-G-H-T, it is N-I-T-E. So we're, you know... Uh, Little little slang spelling there. Yeah, it works for uh, for Midnight Umbrella. And again, be forewarned if you're you're following on Twitter, there's going to be a lot of dumb stuff. So you've been warned. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Ryan, for taking the time to talk with me. Jason, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Uh, I, I, it's going to be really weird when I go to drive into the office and be like, "Who's this fool talking?" And it ends up being me that I'm listening. Oh yeah, to, just so. wait till how much really? you're going to hate your voice. Uh, well, we'll see. But it's been a pleasure. Everybody so does. Thank you for having me. <laughs> cool. Thanks. All right. Thank you. You can follow Ryan on Dribble and Twitter at Midnight Umbrella, and check out the show notes for more ways to interact with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter at Creative SO Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to head over to CreativeSouthGA.com right now to pick up your tickets for Creative South in April of 2017. We're looking forward to seeing you there and hugging some necks. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south and if you like the creative south podcast head over to itunes stitcher or google play music rate us and leave a review this helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests now go out and hug some necks